Hello and welcome everybody back to the Peak A-League podcast. I'm your host Gerald and it's a Friday show this week. I um, was a little bit sick earlier in the week so I was going to cancel it completely but uh, we've just had so much go on from from Tuesday to now that I I just can't not talk about this stuff if I wait till next week. It's really not going to be as relevant so we've got to go through it. But um, starting off... Bruno Fornaroli is getting a Socceroos call-up. It's divided the people of Australian football. Where do I stand? I I don't know, to be honest. He's 34 years old. Is he a long-term prospect for the Australian national team? Is he going to play more than a handful of games? Absolutely not. But you know what? We're trying to find a place in the World Cup. If we win these two games, we go through, right? We know the equation, He's probably close to the best we've got at the moment. McLaren's unavailable for the game against Saudi Arabia. We know that. Matthew Leckie has been selected. I thought he was going to be injured, but he's in there. Um, We've picked D'Agostino. Rukovic is unvaccinated, so he can't play. So after that, it really is Bruno Fornaroli in terms of the A-League. Like, Mikkel Tadze scored more goals, but of course, he's not Australian. Give him five more years and maybe we can talk about it, but... Other than that, it's probably the best the A-League's got to offer. He's an absolute class striker. He's even scored a couple of like top-class goals this season. So even though maybe he's not quite the guy he was when he came to Australia seven years ago, he's still one of the best strikers in our talent pool. As, as sad as maybe that is, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, of course, we'd prefer to have great young strikers coming through, but we just don't. So he's the best option. You know, maybe he, he won't... He probably won't play against Japan because... I'd assume McLaren will be starting. Um, we've got Boyle there. We've got, um, like I said, Leckie as well. He's played striker a lot in the past. So we, we might not even see him, and it could be a big deal over nothing. But um, I think people are getting upset that he's not a true Australian or whatever. It's you know half our team's from Scotland nowadays, and they're probably our, our best players. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I think if he gets on and scores a goal and helps us to a World Cup, it's, it's going to be brilliant and immortalize him as, as an Australian legend. I mean, you think about Tim Cahill getting us through to World Cups and, um, you know, that still gets talked about now. So it would be a big deal and, and I hope that he goes well. Um, and I don't think he's going to be out of his depth at all. I think he'll be fine. I think players that we should be questioning more are Ryan Grant, who's been completely subpar this season. And not to be biased, but Josh Risden has been miles better than him this season. Um, and he was in the national team under... And he was in the national team in the World Cup in 2018, and, and he's been completely snubbed when a Sydney FC manager gets in the door. And, and Andrew Redmayne, he's battling to play at Sydney FC at the moment, let alone the national team. And of course, you know, you're know you never going to go really three keepers deep on a on a two-game um, you know, weekend or whatever it is. But it's, it's just a strange decision. Why not pick like a Lawrence Thomas or someone that's actually been performing and, and killing it? Um... And we're picking an out of form keeper again. It's it's odd. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are the those are the ones I'm really questioning. Uh, I'm excited to see. I'm assuming Joel King is going to get the start. Surely on the right back though, it's a very interesting discussion. Atkinson's in the squad. Obviously Ryan Grant's there as well. And then you have got Karasic who um, has been playing a fair bit of regular football in the last few weeks leading into this. So he's in good form. You'd assume. Um, it's a great debate to have. We've got a number of quality right backs. The midfield's another one. Um, no Moy, no, uh, yeah, I don't think Irvine's playing either. No Devlin. So uh, it's a bit of a different squad. I think there's some injuries and illnesses keeping them out. But anyway, that is enough for that. We'll talk about those games next week.
But we'll get into the A-League for now. On Saturday, there was four matches, starting off Brisbane and Wellington. And um, I thought this was a pretty straightforward a Wellington win, but Brisbane, they pulled it out. They got their first win in what feels like a, a long time. I don't know exactly. I, I reckon they beat MacArthur maybe a month ago. It's, it's felt like a long time. They got a late goal from Hoare in the 76th minute to win in the game after Hooper equalized just a couple of minutes before that. Rahman Akbari got on the score sheet and has since been given the call-up for Afghanistan's national team, so well done to him. But a big win for Brisbane. It um, doesn't do a heap to improve their position. They've gotten off the bottom at least. Perth's now sitting there just a point behind them. But um, yeah, a decent start for Perth, uh, for, for Brisbane here, and maybe they can turn it around now. They've got Perth this weekend, which will be... A big game, and I think that's sort of the spoon battle there. And, and whoever wins is still mathematically a chance. Whoever loses, you can sort of start to rule out. But that was that. Brisbane, in front of a, a pretty small home crowd, got the win. Western United and Melbourne City next. It was a 5.05 kickoff as well at Amy Park in front of 8,000 people. Not a bad crowd. Um, they did hand out a lot of free tickets for this one. But, uh, you know, what's the problem? If they didn't, there might have been five or 6,000. The atmosphere wouldn't have been as good. I think... I'm all for it, to be honest, giving away the tickets. Not every week, but, um, you know, it was a last-minute thing to have this game played after it got rescheduled from the Melbourne Derby, and, and they made a very good thing out of it. It was the biggest crowd at a Melbourne City uh, and Western United game ever, I think. It was also, um, or maybe there's been one more, but it was also Western United's second biggest ever home crowd attendance, I think, behind victory in the first season, so... Um, a very good result there. The game itself was a great game, two all. So West United started off like a house on fire. Lacroix and Rene Crin score the goals. Metcalf equalised just before half time, and then McLaren. Uh, it had been a couple of games since he'd scored against us, so he thought he'd pop in and say hello, which was very frustrating. But uh, it was a, a quality goal, and two all probably the fair result. Uh, Paddy Kisnorbo said it was the best City have played this season and they only got a point. So, I mean, I think it proves how good Western United are this season. And I think, that, you know, these two teams now, both sitting on 33 points, just far and away the two best teams in the comp. Adelaide, six points behind them. MacArthur, eight points. Victory, 11. And then the rest. So, you know, th these are the best teams and I would be very surprised if this isn't a, a grand final um, preview for a few months' time. These are the best two teams in the comp. Western United would be disappointed they let it slip, but I think all in all, they take a draw in this game. It does them well for their title hopes. Um, yeah, Saturday night, Perth, another home game for them against Sydney FC and a loss, 2-0. Um, just disappointing, I think, for Perth. Another opportunity to, you know, impress their home fans. The thing is, though, they actually had more shots. They probably looked more dangerous. They had a lot of chances, and they just couldn't quite convert. I think their expected goals were, were higher at the end of it. Um, Barbarossa and Yazbek with the goals, but a big, big three points for City FC. They really did need that. MacArthur in Campbelltown taking on the Wanderers. A great crowd from the Wanderers. Really happy with that. We sort of said last week after the derby, hopefully they bring those big numbers again, and and they did. The active looked great, uh, but on the field it was another story. MacArthur with the three-one win, a very good win from them. Uh, Davila getting a brace. So, you know, he's been in and out of the team with injury. He's been a bit up and down in form. But if he can get himself right, they're obviously going to be as dangerous as any other team in the competition come finals time. Moving on to Sunday, Adelaide hosted Newcastle. And it was just another one of those wins, man. Adelaide pulling it out late. A Motore winner. I think he scored like three winners this season. It was an 88th minute goal. Um, I think Craig Goodwin got a couple of assists. He's in ripping form at the moment. Genuinely playing so, so well. 
Uh, Thurgate got on the score sheet as well. He's you know one of the shining lights for the Jets, but wasn't enough for them. Adelaide get the win at home. On Tuesday then, Perth again dominated the Mariners, but it was a nil-all scoreline. The Mariners didn't even look like scoring, to be honest, but a penalty for Perth, and it was Bruno Fornaroli taking it after all the controversy about his national team selection that day, and it was saved by Birigidi. Um, and they had some more chances they couldn't quite convert. In other news with Perth, Sturridge is said to still be a little while away. I mean, it's uh, it's a shame. I, I, I think we wanted to see him score at least one goal. And, um, you know, maybe the A-League isn't as easy as people think. I don't know. But uh, on Wednesday, uh, Adelaide took on the Wanderers in that first leg because they meet each other again on Sunday. Uh, and it was 2-1 to the Wanderers. I really didn't see this result coming. You know, another win for Adelaide on the weekend, another loss for the Wanderers. And um, <laughs> I suppose they're just so up and down at the moment. They're so hard to predict. So who knows what's going to happen in that second leg. But 2-1 for the Wanderers. Rami Nazarene and Kansar with the goals. Goodwin got on the score sheet again. Another nice goal. But it wasn't enough. The Wanderers sort of picked themselves up, give themselves a bit of hope in this season. Um they're three points behind Sydney, who are in the six, and they're a game in hand. Wellington are equal in points with Sydney and three games in hand. So they're still going to be struggling to make it, but they're you know this doesn't hurt their chances at all. And they're now, I think, sort of picked themselves up away from that bottom three of sort of Jets, Brisbane, and, and Perth. And then the Mariners are sort of lingering. But yeah, the, the Wanderers have done really well out of this game. It was a crucial match, and they picked up three points on the road. Um, <coughs> moving into next week's games... We start tonight, or this week's games, Newcastle hosting Wellington. Um, this is going to be interesting. When the two teams met here earlier in the season, it was 4-0 to Newcastle. This is when Wellington looked like they were an absolute basket case. But uh, the Jets have, have you know, dropped off a little bit, and, and the Phoenix have gotten a lot better. And so this, they've got those three games in hand on Sydney, that which means there might be a little bit of pressure off. I could see the Jets winning this game, but... I'm not sure. Um, Wellington let me down last week, losing to Brisbane. So I'm going to go for a two-all draw here. I think there's a lot of goals in this game with the players they've got. Um, and it's, it's just too hard to pick a winner. Saturday, we've got, I think, four matches on. Uh, starting off in the afternoon, Central Coast taking on MacArthur Bulls. Uh, this will be an interesting game. <coughs> you know, Central Coast, <clears throat> not in great form at the moment. Starting to look like they could be. Really low down there after they, they had a bit of a spike earlier in the season. MacArthur with a great win last week. Um, but I, I just like the Central Coast Mariners in Gosford. But um, I'll go 2-1 to MacArthur just on form. I think they're slightly too strong. Uh, but it'll be a really good game, I'm sure. Then we've got the Melbourne Derby. Uh, it was supposed to be last week, but it's this week. Melbourne City fans, you can all take a breath. Um, your season's not ruined, and they take on the victory, of course. Uh, the game's selling well. I don't think it'll be quite as big as last time. The Christmas one got, I think, 19,000. Probably looking more at 15,000-ish, 15, but that's not a bad result if it is. Um, Two-all draw last time out. Since then, City have gotten shot up a bit more at the table. Victory have dropped off. They were probably right in the title race at that stage. Uh, I'm going to go... Two all again. I think, I don't know, it's, it's so hard to split these teams. They both always get up for these games. Both not in bad form either. So, um, yeah, going to be gonna be hard to pick. A good long break for the victory in the league. They haven't played since last Wednesday, but of course they had the Champions League midweek as well. I'm going to tip two all, like I said. <laughs> Sorry, I had my in my notes and I just completely forgot that I've said it. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, 
Hopefully, it's a cracking game. Once again, it was probably one of my favorite games this season so far, the last one. Sydney taking on Western United. I believe this one's at Leichhardt. They played at Jubilee last time. Um, it might have moved to Jubilee since they, they moved it from last Friday. I don't know. But um, this is a, a very interesting game. Sydney, they got a, a crucial win last week for their season. Depending on what happens tonight with Wellington as well, they might really need this win. But Western United undefeated in maybe seven or eight games or something like that. Um, they're flying, they, you know, and they beat Sydney just a couple of weeks ago. I don't think they're going to be worried, to be honest. I think it's going to be 2-1 to Western United. Too consistent at the moment. We, we know their game plan. Everyone knows their game plan. Get on the counter, score, defend. But no one can seem to stop it. The only team that has recently is Melbourne City, the other top team in the league. So 2-1 for Western United there. And if it is a draw for Melbourne City, they'll be sitting clear on top of the table with a couple of games in hand. This is a big weekend for that Premier's Plate race. Uh, the late game, how good is it to have the late Saturday night game back? Perth taking on Brisbane at 10.45 local time. you just love to see it. Uh, hopefully they get a big crowd in for a Saturday game. This is also a very winnable game. You know They've seen two losses and a draw since returning to WA. This is the one they need to grab by the scruff of the neck and just take three points, get Brisbane back on the bottom, get themselves off of the bottom, uh, potentially even into 10th if the Mariners lose on Saturday. I'm tipping Perth here, 2-0. Uh, they've been just exploding, you know, like they've been ready to score the last couple of games. They've been dominating. They've had all these chances and I think it's just going to work out for them finally that luck will turn their way. Uh, and like I said, Brisbane, Brisbane, good last week, but too inconsistent for mine. I don't think they've got what it takes to match if Perth can get on, uh, on a run and Bruno Fornaroli is going to have the backing of the crowd. This can be an exciting game. Uh, so yeah, 2-0 to Perth there. The final game of this week, it's Western Sydney taking on Adelaide in that second leg at Bankwest Stadium, Combank Stadium, su- Sunday, 7.05. So a bit odd because it's the only game, but I think there's actually a A-League women's final on Sunday at four. So that's probably why I give the both games a bit of separate time. But, um, you know, the Wanderers, they look great on Wednesday. They took the win. That's exactly why I'm going to tip them to lose because they're sort of one game good, one game bad. Adelaide... Will want to bounce back. I believe they'll still have all their national team players. Um, so Goodwin will be there. And uh, I'm going to go 2-1 the other way. So it's going to end 3 all on aggregate for mine. I think Adelaide are just too good. I, you know, I, I backed them last week. I'm, I'm going to back them again in this one. Um, which would see them stay third, I think. So they really are looking like likely for a home final. The loss uh, on midweek hurt their chances of a Premier's played or even a top two spot. I think that's over for them now. Just about unless someone has a serious collapse. But they're six points behind City, six points behind West, and playing two more games as well. So it's going to be very tough. But that is the match week. Uh, got something else to get into now. The <coughs> Western United Stadium. Actually, before we get into that, I've forgotten peak of the week. Oh, that is absolutely awful. So I'm all over the place for this Friday. I've never recorded on a Friday before. It just feels wrong. But peak of the week this week was Bruno Forrell getting called up to Australia. I suppose we already touched on it. But the other thing... Aaron Calva is off to Korea and they paid a fee. Like, you could have just gone and grabbed any free agent, like six foot one Australian defender. There's that many of them out there. I think they just get a bit excited about the big, tall Aussies. Like, they love them over there. They, I don't know how much the fee wasn't. It wouldn't have been heaps, but it's uh, just quite funny. You know, if you would have asked me which A-League player is going to go for a transfer fee this season, Aaron Calva would have been about my last guess. Um, but he's 26. He's been okay at A-League level. This season, he's been decent. So... Time for him to still make something out of his career, so I hope he does. Uh, I liked him when he was at Western United. Seems like a, a nice guy and everything, but yeah, anyway. Moving on, 
Western United yesterday broke ground on their training facility. Uh, it was announced, I think, last week that the development had been passed. Um, but this, I just, I don't know if this is something to get so excited about. And, you know, especially as a fan of the club, like people would, you know, you think maybe I'll be up and about, but I just, I'm very skeptical um, for a multitude of reasons. And I, and I just don't think it's time we start clapping the club and giving them everything right now because, you know, the the, the reason they pass this so quickly is because it's under the Wyndham Council, um, the local council, to to approve this, which of course they have because it's being built by them. The club is being funded by them. They're a sponsor of the club and, and they are the ones, you know, paying for and then giving, effectively giving the stadium to Western United as a, like as a gift. Um, that was the whole plan. And then, and then they'll be paid back in time with that whole financial plan they've got. So that stadium is a, a Vic government uh, decision. So they haven't ticked off on that. It was submitted back in July. I'm sure there must be some amendments seem to be made. They wouldn't just not look at it for eight months. But um, this was a lot easier for them to get past because it's through the council. So they've got their plan done. It was a very detailed plan, like 270 pages document. I looked at it last week and skimmed through just sort of looking for artist impression photos, to be honest. But I... Uh, when this was announced, it was September 2020. They said, we're going to build a training facility. It's going to have like three big pitches and uh, some offices and it's going to have a 5,000 seat grandstand. And if you looked at the, the original artist impression, it almost just looked like they'd taken like the wing of Amy Park and put that in. It was a lot of a big thing, really tall grandstand, green seats. Um, but the one they've put out in the press release and even last week as well when they announced it, it's uh, the grandstand they've got is like, one you'd see at a local ground. It's got like benches, like a few benches, two big sets of them, a couple off to the side. Um, and then like behind it, some maybe some spots to like watch the game behind the glass and stuff. Like they've got at George Cross, like a nice little, almost like a corporate area. And of course it's it's a training pit, so it doesn't have to have all that stuff. But now instead of calling out a 5,000 seat grandstand, they're saying this, the ground has 5,000 capacity. And the reason that that bothers me so much is because in a fan forum in September... The club said when this gets built, which would be hopefully in 2023. So they, they already knew that roughly the time they said early early next year, they're going to get started on building it and stuff. So they've, they've been true on their, their promises there. But they said, we're going to be able to host, you know, games there against small A-League oppositions. You know, basically, basically they could get away with doing anything that's not a, a, a derby, like or against Victor or um, City. Because other than that, we're not really drawing much more than 5,000. And we're thinking, oh, so 5,000 seats plus all this other standing room, you know, you could probably fit 8,000 in there. But now it's 5,000 total with, I reckon, 600 spots for sitting, maybe. that, And that might be being generous. Now, what they could do, obviously, is get some temporary grandstands in uh, on the other on the other wings and behind, the, you know, behind the goals and stuff and still make a decent crowd out of it. Um, I remember one time I was at a St. Kilda preseason game at Moorabbin and they had a big temporary stand. So they're not hard to get that, you know, they could do that, but... Um, maybe once it's built, we'll hear more about that, but they just seem like they were ready to play games there. And now it's like, it's just a training facility. And I think A-League women's games will be played there. Uh, the club has got a, a team coming in next season. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm very skeptical because it's not what they said it was originally. And you know what? If they've decided, oh, you know, it's not feasible to have a big 5,000 seat grandstand, which it did seem a bit overkill, to be honest. I thought maybe 3,000 or maybe you'd have a couple of, you know, one on each wing or one behind the goals. Like to have one massive grandstand seemed odd. But if you're going to change things that drastically from a big grandstand to bench seating, you know, let us know. Be open about it because this way we're finding out through 
you know, people like me who've, who've remembered this thing, not a lot of people did remember that they promised this. And then you go back, that's still on your website. All the photos are still available online. And we go, well, you know, what's happened for it to be so good to now being so average and look like a local a local thing? And, and the worst thing about this is, this is a Wyndham Council project. So the club's getting all this, you know, praise and all this backing. They're not really doing anything. The council's building a local sporting precinct. You know how many of those that they build all the time? Like councils are constantly building parks and, and football ovals and soccer fields. It's not. It's nothing new. The offices are, I suppose, one thing, and I guess the club's going to base themselves out of there pretty soon. And it's going to be good for the club to be playing or training in the western suburbs of Melbourne, sure. But what good is it when we're still travelling out to Geelong, we're still travelling out to Ballarat, to Melbourne, to Launceston to play home games? You know, and, and this is going to be built for the start of our fifth season. So next season, we won't have anything. And then ready for sort of the end of the 2022-2023 season, it'll be built. Uh, I think it was like May or something. So yeah, just in time for finals. I'm sure they'll probably just wait till the next season to get back in. Normally, preseason for the A-League starts around July, August. So they'll be able to train for the start of the fifth season there. But we were hoping, oh, we're going to be playing games there. You know, even if it's not the great big stadium, at least it's something, at least we're playing in our area but now it's like, probably not. So who knows? But by the time that gets built, hopefully by then the, the plan's been introduced, but that means the stadium's still two years away. So we're looking at what, 2024, 2025, best case to be playing home games. That's six years after the club came into the league. That's too long. you know. And I'm very worried as a fan that I don't know if we've got that long to last playing in these big empty stadiums. Um and the longer it takes for us to get in, the less people that are going to jump on board. I still think, of course, the first home game, the first few home games are going to be a sellout because you've got, we've got apparently 8,000 members or so, you know, at least sort of 5,000 of the normal um, goers will, will go to that. And then 10,000 other people will definitely want to get along because it's just such a big thing to have a, a big stadium like that in the suburban area. But, you know, the longevity of those fans is what I worry about, especially dragging it out six years into the club's history. And like I said, that's honestly probably best case. So, of course, I'm skeptical. You know, I love the club and I've sort of gotten to some arguments with other fans over the last couple of days because I'm like, yeah, it's great, but like, we can't just sit and go, oh, yeah, awesome, awesome. We've got a couple of training pitches. Like, it doesn't really matter where we train if we're still playing hours away and it just, it frustrates me. It really does because... This club has so much potential. Everyone can see it. And, you know, last week was such a highlight with, uh, um, you know, the crowd and everything. People thought, you know, were really impressed by the game last week. And uh, it's just, and, and, and I guess people say this is good news. But for me, I, I'm just looking at, well, how long is it going to be now till we're actually playing out of out of Tarnit? Because it, it could be a very long time. And this sort of, I think, buys the club some time. And I honestly think that they know that. I... And I don't want to be too cynical about my own club, but I feel at times they're very sort of like, they're, just, they're lying. They've lied a, a number of times. And yeah, I, I've, I've overlooked it. I don't want to criticize them too much for a long time, but this has bugged me because they, they're not delivering on what they said they were going to be bringing into the league. And, and it looks like a pretty average training facility, three pitches and a couple of benches. I, I don't know. I, I'm feeling negative on it at the moment, but so, sorry for that long rant. I just wanted to get that out because... I hope other people uh, sort of feel the same about it and, and understand what's going on. And, and I hope it gets cleared up, you know, and, and I'm going to be trying to speak to someone from the club because I just want some answers, you know. The, the thing is, they're pretty easy to talk to. Jason Sorais and Chris Palavanas, you can always reach them. Like Chris Palavanas follows me on Instagram, for God's sake. But uh, 
Um, yeah, that's all. I'm feeling a bit negative towards it. Let me know what you guys are thinking. If you're happy with the training facility finally getting built, if you think it's a step in the right direction, I'm unsure to be completely honest. Other news, I will be calling tomorrow afternoon, MPL3 North Sunshine versus the Preston Lions. I will be on the comms. If you're interested, it's at 3 p.m. I've got to rush there after. I've got a practice match on and then I've got to go, but not going to miss that opportunity. Very excited to call it. Um, that is all. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Quick turnaround here.